Hi again, everybody. Mike Cisneros here, and I'd like to welcome everybody to this special edition of Cincy Brewcast that we recorded on June the 12th, 2016, and it is in connection with Cincinnati Beer Week 2016, and it is called the Women of Cincinnati Craft Beer, the Women of Cincy Craft, and we had a great panel, but I wanted to come on uh, in explanation a little bit before we began the main part of the program. First of all, we had several technical difficulties. Uh, it was one of the most ambitious shows that we ever produced. We had seven guests on microphone, plus myself and the gnarly gnome. Uh, there were, it was very windy at the Incline Public House that day. So we did have some technical problems. Some strange things happened. We had some equipment fall over. Fortunately, it didn't fall over on anybody. Uh, if you're a careful listener to the show, in the last couple of shows, we referred to it as the Titanic version of Cincy Brewcast. Not anything to do with the content of the show itself. I want to say that the ladies that we had on the program were very forthcoming, and you'll hear that in just a minute, very forthcoming with their opinions, very fantastic with their time it was so wonderful that they all decided to come out uh, and again i can't thank uh, and i probably did this during the main part of the program can't thank the board member of cincinnati beer week chris nascimento enough for getting these diverse group of ladies together to talk about the impact of women on craft beer in the cincinnati community the second thing is our Hostess with the mostess, uh, the queen of Cincinnati craft beer commentary, Tina Cisneros, could not join us that day for reasons of work schedule uh, at her job. Most of you, again, careful listeners know she works at the Overlook Lodge. She had to work on Sunday, June the 12th. She could not join us. We recorded a portion of the program with her uh, earlier in the week, which we wanted to roll in at the time. And we did it, but we had so many technical difficulties that we just had to uh, stop playing back the interview, couldn't be heard properly. I'm going to roll that interview in to this version uh, as you listen to it uh, in the spot where I originally was going to play it during the original recording of the show at Incline Public House. And later on in the program, I referred to it several times that... Uh, we're going to roll it in. We're going to roll it in. And so I would hope that everybody would forgive, uh, forgive me for continuing to mention that, but we did have a live audience on our, uh, on our Periscope feed. And, uh, and so I wanted to make sure that everybody downloaded the podcast so they could hear Tina's comments. Uh, thirdly, uh, we did use the Periscope portion of our podcast uh, of our of our program that day but it was very compromised and our other video platforms were compromised as well so this program can be can be seen we're going to play it back again if you're watching or listening to the live feed you know who you are but it can be it will be found again on google plus on periscope and on Facebook Live, we will be doing it. So uh, just some of those things that uh, I wanted to get, by, uh, get give to you by way of explanation as to what was going on with this show. It's a terrific show. Please excuse some of the technical difficulties that we had. They were recurring throughout the show. and But the content is fantastic. And the ladies, as I said earlier, were very forthcoming and very passionate about their opinions about different things that 
involve women in the craft beer movement in Cincinnati and nationwide. So right now, without further ado, here is our recording for Cincinnati Beer Week 2016 from June 12th, 2016 on Women in Cincy Craft on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Good afternoon, everyone. We would like to welcome everybody to Cincy Brewcast on location. If you feel like clapping, please give us some applause. We are coming to you live on Periscope TV, Google Plus, and uh, on um, Facebook Live from the beautiful and picturesque Incline Public House in the beautiful, picturesque, and historic Incline neighborhood here on the near west side of downtown Cincinnati, about five minutes from downtown Cincinnati. My name is Mike Cisneros. We'd like to welcome you once again to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. As always, joining me here on the dais is the Gnarly Gnome, the man who is synonymous with anonymous, the man from anywhere and nowhere from the thegnarlygnome.com. Thank you very much. It's, Cheers. It's been a hell of a. It's been yet another hell of a. And this is probably our most ambitious show. First of all, I'd like to introduce. Uh, this is a special edition show that we're doing this week uh, in conjunction with uh, Cincinnati Beer Week 2016. And joining us from Cincinnati Beer Week 2016 is a member of the board, and that's Chris Nascimento, who is a previous guest on the program. Chris, welcome to Cincy Brewcast once again. It's good to be here. Good to be here. And through your kind offices and your many, many connections, we decided that we were going to do a show that we've been wanting to do for a long time. Noam, you and I have talked about it uh, quite often uh, when it comes to the, uh, well, let's, uh, let's fix it. We have a little problem with our Periscope feed. Noam's going to get up and, and try to fix it for our uh, Periscope guests. And meanwhile, I'll keep vamping here. So what we have this week is, as I said, a show that we have discussed uh, doing a number of times, and that is Women in Cincinnati Craft Beer. And uh, we have quite a group of young ladies, actually six, that are, uh, have been kind enough to join us here at the Incline Public House. But before I get to them, I would like to mention real quick our, our hostess here at the Incline Public House who uh, did not want to join us on the program, but the, she's very busy running the restaurant here, and uh, that's Flo Carver. And we'd certainly like to give her a nice round of applause. Thank you, And Flo. thank her very much for hosting us here uh, at the Incline Public House. Um, so I think what I'd like to do, uh, first of all, is uh, let's go around the table. I have a little cheat sheet in front of me. I'm notoriously bad with names, but I have a little cheat sheet in front of me. But we'd like to go around the table uh, from my left and around uh, over to Chris and just have the ladies uh, introduce themselves. And uh, first of all, Kim, go ahead. Uh, oh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what your, what you, you know, and, and, and all of your cre sort of credentials and things like that, okay. if you will. Um, I'm Kometti. I'm originally from Chicago. I've been in Cincinnati for over uh, 10 years. I love the beer scene here. I worked in the industry for 10 and a half years. I was a brewing supervisor for Budweiser at their Williamsburg, Virginia brewery. 
and um, I attended the uh, brewing certificate class at Siebel Institute in Chicago before I did that, and I just love craft beer. Absolutely. Uh, and next, someone who's well known to the uh, Cincy Brewcast fans out there uh, from Fibonacci Brewing, Betty Bolas. Betty? Hi, Betty Bolas, president of Fibonacci Brewing Company. Um, we've been on the show before and we love it. Um, so I'm excited for today with all these great ladies. And uh, Kat Finn. Yeah, I'm Kat Finn. I'm co chapter head of Cincinnati Girls Pine Out. Um, I have been chapter head officially for about a year now. Um, we formed in December 2013. We are growing very rapidly in the Cincinnati area thanks to all the breweries and all the, a lot of the people sitting at this table who has helped us uh, grow. Um, and just tell us briefly about the, about the organization. Sure. We're nationwide. Uh, we uh, started in 2010 uh, in Indianapolis and we have grown to 95 chapters okay. currently um, across the country. We're coast to coast. Um, all basically all the major cities in uh, the United States have a chapter um, we try to educate women on craft beer and provide a nice social um, environment for women um, of all ages to join us excellent Jane Hamilton hi I'm Jane Hamilton I'm the front of house manager beer buyer and social media person at Marty's Hops and Vines in College Hill and it's really great to be a part of this group of ladies that I've gotten to know over the last few months and to represent the Central Corridor of Cincinnati. Excellent. Casey Coy. Hi, my name is Casey Coy. I'm the co-founder of People Pints Purpose. It's an inclusive craft brewing group. Um, we are also active as of one month today, pretty much. So, All right. Uh, yeah. I relocated here from North Carolina, and I've been here for about a year now. I'm just really become very passionate about the craft brewing area and happy to be a part of this group and also get to talk a lot with you ladies so yeah it's a good time and last but not least really i really appreciate you being here because you've got something big happening tomorrow uh lindsey roper from rivertown brewing hi everyone i am lindsey and i'm the dream facilitator at rivertown brewery and that basically means that i make things happen often impossible things but wonderful things nonetheless and I have been in Cincinnati now, I think it's been almost eight years, and was previously with, uh, was with Goose Island, and that's what brought me down here, and fell in love both with the city and my husband, uh, who <laughs> is Jason Roper, the owner of Rivertown. And uh, yeah, so now just living the dream and very excited to be here and, and put faces to some names with some of these lovely ladies finally, too. And the dream comes true for you guys tomorrow, does it not? Yeah, tomorrow we get to break ground on our second location up in Monroe. <laughs> Something we'll be covering on the June 13th edition of Cincy Brewcast. Uh, we're going, this is, this is a special edition, as I said, for Cincinnati Beer Week, and uh, we're going to be playing this back. We're actually, we're going to be, we're, we're doing it live today. We're going to be playing it back podcast-wise on uh, the 6th of or the 20, 22nd, rather, of June, 6, 22. And, um, and that, it's funny, because that just happens to be my daughter's birthday. And as many careful listeners of our program know, my daughter, Tina Cisneros, is one of the co-hosts of our program. And she was unable to join us today. And one of the reasons, obviously, I want to have her on the program, not only the fact that she's my daughter, but that she's also a female. So she brings that female perspective to our program. And uh, since she was unable to join us today, 
Yesterday I sat down with her. It's very strange to interview your daughter, but I did just that. And uh, she had some comments. It's kind of long, but I hope everybody listens. And, and it'll give us a, a starting point of where to maybe begin the conversation and just give you guys some ideas. So here I am with Tina uh, yesterday uh, on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Women in craft beer. I mean, just what does that bring to your mind when, when somebody mentions it? It sort of seems that the beer world these days is kind of like a man's world. And, you know, I sort of just have a problem with, in general, calling, you know, something a female pr- profession or a male profession um, because I don't think that's right. But it does, it's like pretty clear. There's been a lot of articles and commentary on, you know, whether or not the, you know, ways to get women into beer more, ways to get, you know, to make women feel more comfortable in the industry. Um, and I think that people find it interesting, almost like a little like fun trivia fact that, um, beer was originally made by women. It was the women that would go out and harvest the hops and make the beer, um, back in the sort of ancient civilization days. If you're sort of assigning uh, division of labor and gender roles based on sort of that, then it makes sense that it was the women's job because it was sort of the gathering kind of thing of, you know, harvesting the hops and whatnot. And then it was just, uh, from there, it was just cooking. So, you know, um, but so I, it's interesting to me where along the line, and it's probably been the, uh, sort of introduction of dangerous machinery that it sort of fell out of being a, a, quote unquote woman's job and went in you know and then sort of got transferred over to being um sort of a male dominated field profession field yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. thank Sorry. you yeah. thank you um i don't like the fact that we have to have this sort of discussion at all because i think that you know whether or not you know whatever people want to do for their jobs or their careers they should be able to do it and it's almost like I and I don't think it's I don't think it's sad necessarily. I just I wonder how much like how many women are out there that want to work in beer that can't. You know what I mean? Like what would the reason I mean what would the reason be that they can't? I mean that's I think that might be a, a part of the issue a kind of a crux of the issue when you come to it and say, "Well, women can't do this. Well, why can't they?" Maybe they're scared. Maybe they don't feel confident enough that they can go into a, you know, a brewery, a big, you know, with all the machines and the metal and the hot water and the danger. I don't know. I, I don't know why. That's not really a question for me. Um, I think that it's a lot easier for women to get involved as, you know, um, sales reps, bartenders, um, doing office work, um, you know, sort of the less... dangerous or what have you um sides of it and i don't think that there's necessarily any lack in women in that way but there's definitely not as many female brewers as there are male brewers i mean that's and i wonder if that's just something that i mean i i would like to ask i wish that we had sort of the panel here like is that something that we want is that something that like you've wanted to do and just don't feel confident in or feel like you can't because of, you know, it's sort of being a male-dominated kind of thing? Or is it, you know, I mean, why? Why can't, right. why aren't people, right. why, aren't, and, why aren't women brewing? And yet in our travels, we've met 
Annie Johnson from Pico Brew, mm-hmm. who is the head brewer for their program, uh, creating the homebrew system. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we met Jennifer Glanville from Samuel Adams, who is risen to a, a, a very high position in that organization. Um, so many of the, of the ladies are involved in marketing or sales or as yourself uh, in the service part of it. And then so many, uh, ladies are, cons- of course, are, are consumers. Uh, you, as well as being a industry person behind the bar, uh, are also a consumer. What are some of the things that? Uh, what are some of the things that do, do women face? And, and we know this kind of anecdotally, but do women face some sort of a a, a strange? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, double standard when it comes to uh, consuming craft beer. Um, yes and no. I'd say that it's improved a lot from the from you know maybe like three years ago um just due to the wider exposure of beer i think um but it's sort of one of those things where i almost think it's similar to and you tend to get it from like so, sort of the older generation a lot where you tend to sort of get like um it's almost the same as being like a female sports like a female sports fan where sort of okay you know I know a amount about sports. I know an amount about beer. and But then you still sort of get those, um, and I think the internet calls it mansplaining, where <laughs> men who try to explain something to women that they think that they don't understand simply because they're women. Um, and so, yeah, you sort of tend to get like, somebody will, like somebody or, will tell or, me. Or isn't, oh. isn't that huge? He likes sports well, or is that cute she's drinking an ipa well it's it's more of it it, it it is more of like a um like they think that i don't know more than thinking that like it just doesn't occur to them that i would know something like that right. it's like you know i've had to sit both as a consumer and you know behind the bar um i've had to sit and listen to somebody tell me something about beer or about sports too. Like uh, it's really weird how it kind of you know goes into kind of hand in hand. But um, where sub- they're telling me, you know, for several minutes, this big long explanation about whatever beer, whatever, and I'm sitting there for the whole time they're talking. Like you are absolutely incorrect. <laughs> not not in that your opinion is wrong, but your your facts are incorrect. Now, I don't know if you think that you're telling me this because it's impressive or because you think that I need to learn your incorrect facts, but that's more of it than anything. I don't get um, that and then sort of, and like I said, it's sort of improved in the last few years, um, is the sort of expectation that I am not going to drink beer because they, because I'm, you know, a woman, I want to drink wine or cocktails mm-hmm. or what mm-hmm. have you. Um, and, you know. or, or again, I, I, I'm sure, and I'm sure it comes down to styles of beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, honey, you won't like that. Let me, yeah. well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you challenge men when they try to mansplain you? I mean, do you sit there and say, Hey, wait a minute. You know, Joey Votto didn't win the uh, MVP in 2011. He won the MVP in 2010 and, or, or, or vice versa. I mean, I got, cause I got, now I got my facts wrong, but, <laughs> uh, but, but, but do you, do you ever challenge guys on stuff like that? No, you know, that's not Amarillo. It's Simcoe that's in that. Yeah. You know, I, it depends. Um, it's, 
Uh, honestly, for me, it just depends on whether or not I feel like getting into it. <laughs> um, but, you know, then, but then it's sometimes it, I'll be like, well, no, I don't think that sounds right. You know, whatever. And no, 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 it's right. And then I look it up and I'm like, here, look, it's the, they would rather trust the internet than me saying, no, you're wrong. I have to actually prove it to them. Um, and I, I, well, and I don't know if this is something that happens between men, do men ever try to explain to you <laughs> the correct... Well, I mean, you know, yeah, in a sense. I mean, there's always somebody that's always going to think that they know that they know more sure. than you on whatever subject you're discussing, whether it be politics, sports, you know, beer, uh, religion, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and uh, let's just put it this way. I wouldn't look at a five-foot-three, 120-pound guy... And assume he doesn't know anything about sports. Sure. Real quick, because, you know, we, I could go on with you talking about this kind of stuff all sure. day, but we got other people to get to, um, is the overt sexism, okay? Uh, there's been controversy on beer labels, beer names. Uh, there's There's been, you know, things, uh, uh, and then, of course, you know, the, oh, honey, you know, you won't like that, or that's too strong sure. for you, or uh, you, what? what is your take on all of that? So, when it comes to people you know the mansplaining to me or the you know thinking you know giving me the wine list instead of give, telling me what's on tap or whatever that bothers me a little bit it's not enough to ruin my day um I've never felt like in my career I've never felt like people don't take me you know won't take what I have to say seriously um as far as you know when I'm telling them about beers and whatnot um and I think that just comes through uh, when I talk to them, it it's sort of clear that I, because I speak confidently about it, I know what's going on, and I think they say, "Oh wow, that bartender really knows what she is talking about." Not necessarily, "Oh, that girl knows a lot about beer." Um, and then, and it's kind of funny because I haven't actually thought about the sort of the women on beer labels and whatnot, because. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just some of the I think it's, I toilet th humor, bathroom humor, and, and, and then just some of the overt sort of things that, you know, jump out at people. And it, to my way of thinking, activists, quote unquote, activists sure. like to grab onto and and try to paint a broad brush and say, oh, this is uh, this whole industry is sexist or this whole industry is, you know, um, behind the times uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, um, female issues and so forth sure. and so on. Um, I don't know. I mean, marketing is marketing. People are going to, you know, some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. I, I mean, that just comes down to personal. I don't think it's necessarily a sexism issue. Um, you know, if there are pretty girls on my beer bottle, you know, I think that artistically pretty girls are nice to look at. So I don't, it doesn't bother me. Um, it's kind of cool. Even as if it is as like, you know, a mascot or a logo or whatever. Um, I don't mind looking at a beer bottle and be like, Hey, that kind of looks like me. Like, I think that's, you know, whatever. Like, I think it's cute. Uh, bathroom humor. I don't like it, but you know, some people do. And that's not a, that I'm not speaking on, you know, general, like the whole race of, women I'm just talking about myself um I think it's just a you know one of those things that it just comes down to people 
liking what they like and you know people are always going to find something to complain about so if they want to complain about a beer label or if they want to complain about a name of beer um you know it's and i understand sort of that the the kind of activist side of things as you um mentioned but i don't think that the the activists are represent the whole of the beer drinking community and i don't think that um that it's really something that you can make a sweeping generalization on until you sort of talk to people individually. Is there anything that you would like to see change? I mean, I wouldn't mind. We've got a great panel of, of, of ladies today that, that are high, high, highly successful in the business just locally mm-hmm. here. And, and if, if, well, anyway, go ahead and answer the question. I'll, well, I'll I mean, I'd like to see more female brewers. Um, and like I said, whether that's because they feel like they can't or because they just don't want to, that's, you know, not really... I don't really know what that is, but if I would like people that women that are interested in getting involved in the the beer industry to not be afraid to kind of go after it and, um, you know, just kind of, I, and it could be applied to anything, just, you know, be confident in what you do and get out there, don't be afraid and kind of just, you know, go after it. That's everybody's just people, so there's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> One of the things that she started out with, and let, let me let me ask all of you ladies uh, a question about this: is is what is is there? Because she, she later later on in, in a kind of a conversation and maybe some stuff that we were talking about, uh, she had talked about that there was uh, an employment rate of something like thirty two percent among women, thirty two percent of women in, that work in, that are in craft beer. Thirty-two percent of the workforce in craft beer is women, but there aren't a lot of brewers, I guess. And I guess that's p- part of one of the the big questions that that you know I certainly have, and Tina certainly had, as far as why do you think there isn't more women that are actually brewing beer? And maybe uh, Kim, you can start since you were a brewer at at one point uh, in your career. Maybe you can start us off with that. Well, I just think it was a shift. Like she, like she was saying, you know, originally women were the brewers. If you go back to Sumerian times, Egyptian times, it was the women that did the brewing. It was a goddess of brewing, not a god of beer. And even in colonial America, the women that ran the households and the taverns and everything were the ones that did the brewing. And when the Industrial Revolution came in and it became I don't know. Can't mechanized, it's when men stepped up and started doing it. I just don't think we ever got back to our roots at any point. And I think just now they're starting to be that interest again among women to say, yeah, I want to do this. I like beer. I like the different styles and I want to do it. When, Chris, you're a, you, you own uh, Brew Monkeys, of course, so, uh, and uh, you have a, a, a home brewing store. Is there interest among women in, in home brewing? And, 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 you know, we talked about on this program a lot in the past about about home brewing being sort of the minor leagues or the triple a or the you know the, the last step before i guess professional brewing uh and it isn't 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 that where a lot of the late you know isn't that where a lot of the ladies that get involved in craft beer maybe have to come from you know i i think so i think that we do have uh, a number of women at brew um i will say that on the homebrew side here in cincinnati we seem to have uh many more men that are brewing than women I've noticed that when I've traveled elsewhere for AHA rallies and things like that in other cities, matter the clubs, there seem to be more women that are involved, and I don't think we've reached that yet here in Cincinnati. 
but we have a lot of very, very good women brewers that are home brewers uh, that are here in Cincinnati. And uh, again, we've had some women that from the area. Uh, for instance, Jennifer Herman comes to mind. She's a member of the, she was a member of the Blowtown Brewing League, very talented brewer. And she moved on to go to Market Garden Breweries as a assistant brewer up there, try to make that transition to professional brewing. And now she's up at Rock Mill. Uh, she's a good brewer by any standard. And there's a lot more people just like her, a lot more women just like her that are there that maybe aren't out there brewing yet. For Betty and Lindsay, for both of you that are intimately involved in breweries and brewing and so forth, do you ever get the chance or do you ever even want the opportunity to get on the brew stand and get in the brew house and do and do that kind of work? Is that something that interests you or would you guys prefer to be more on the, I don't know, I mean if you're more on the business side or, or you know, what, what, if you, what are your thoughts? What, what? I like what Marty just said. We're on the drinking side. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> or quality control, as we call it. Um, I remember when Jason and I were first together, I had never homebrewed before that, and I always wanted to. And I was like, cool, my boyfriend owns a brewery, so I'm totally going to, like, get some rubber boots and, like, go brew. And let me tell you, it is definitely not as romantic as they make it to be on all the Sam Adams commercials. <laughs> And five years ago, out of our little seven-barrel vessel, like, hauling out all the mash, all of that, every once in a great while, I, if I could do it more, I would absolutely love to, but some of the other demands of which I'm involved with take me away, but every once in a while, I get to, like, scoop out some all mash, right, right. climb up on the barrel, stick my head in a fermenter, but the process is fascinating, even from, you know, just home-brewing a five-gallon batch to brewing a 30-barrel or 50-barrel batch as well, it's it's fascinating all the way along the travels but yeah something i would i do hope that i could get more involved in and betty knowing you guys story i guess you were the you know you were the facilitator of the whole thing with with bob weren't you i mean he's he was he showed the interest but you were the one that actually went to listerman's and bought the kit yeah so i think with bob as it related to home brewing i would get involved whenever he would screw something up or be like <laughs> dumping beer all over our kitchen floor um but as for at the brewery not as much and i honestly don't have a desire to brew i don't want to do all that cleaning you know i think there's creativity in helping him think of styles of beer ingredients different recipes but it's very hard manual labor and a lot of cleaning. I'll, I will carbonate kegs, which I think can be kind of fun. Um, but outside of that, it's just not for me. Well, uh, Kat and uh, Casey, I guess, uh, the question I would like to ask off of sort of what we've, we've just asked the other mm -hmm. ladies is, does that, does that matter to women who consume craft beer? I mean, do, do ladies really care whether it's, a man brewing it or a woman or you know is is or is it something that uh i don't know that registers with 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 most women i think personally for me when it comes to anything that's made at this point in time i'm just really big fan of the, the quality and the artisanship that really goes into it as well too because i think we we forget half the time when we're consuming things that we forget how much work really goes into making that product so whether it's like, you know, the table that we're sitting at right now or it's the beers that are in our hands, um, that's, the, that's the big thing when it comes down to, you know, consuming beers, I guess, my personal opinion. What would you say, Kat? 
I'm along the same lines. Mm -hmm. It's more about the, the art, the craft, the the time and the energy that goes into it. Um, but it, I will say that it is really cool to be able to say a woman did this, and it makes at least in our group. If I'm talking about a woman brewer or a woman that owns a brewery in this country, there's a little bit more respect. But we've always had that great respect for, especially in Cincinnati, we have some amazing, amazing, amazing breweries here. And we are very respectful of all of them, And uh, but they do in their craft, and we just hope to keep supporting them. Jane, you're a little bit more on the retail and, and sort of the service side of things, uh, as is Tina. Um, when you when you when you buy beer, uh, you know, did you face do you do you face any kind of because her and I talked about it uh, and it's part of her interview which we'll get we'll we'll, we'll play in its entirety when we post this uh, program for podcast. Uh, but um, like she said something about mansplaining, you know, I don't know if you girls understand <laughs> what that is, but. But did any, and, and all of you, you know, this is open to you, but Jane, I want you to jump in first. Is what did, you know, did you ever, did you get mansplained uh, early, early in the craft beer uh, industry of kind of like, oh, you know, you, you know, you don't know this or you may not, know, you know, I mean, it's, um, I don't know if there's even a question in there. No, I, I, I hear the question because I, I think that mansplaining happens in so many areas. It's so everywhere. Um, I think because I'm an older woman than a young woman starting out in the industry. And I, I think that when I'm interacting with my vendors and my customers, I have some confidence that comes from experience. And I, I think I'm reasonably intelligent. And so I, I don't know that I've ever actually experienced mansplaining related to beer. Um, but I've certainly ex experienced it elsewhere. Um, but, my, but my vendors, um, my salespeople are great and they have educated me because I was more of a wine drinker when I started in this position. And, and I used to call my husband the in-house consultant when it came to what I was gonna buy. Um, but I don't think I ask him much anymore. I think he just comes in and drinks what's on the menu and um, maybe gives me feedback and I might listen and I might not. So. I don't know if that's the norm or if I'm just lucky. How about some of you other ladies as consumers? Do, do they do men? You know, do male bartenders maybe try to steer you toward a fruit beer or a? Yeah, I, um, I had an instance happen a few months back. A few months back, walked into a bar in the city and um, I sat down, looking at the taps, and a gentleman that was behind the bar said, first thing he says to me, not hello, how are you? What can I get you? He says, um, we don't have Budweiser, Bud Light, or Miller Light on draft. Oh, we man. only have local beers. Oh, jeez. And I, just being the person that I am, I'm like, oh, that's fine. You know, and I'm just trying to be nice to him. It, but in my head, there's other thoughts going through my head. And I'm like, that's okay. Well, what do you have on draft? And he goes, he tried to, he had like six on draft. And he's trying to explain it down as, as much as possible. And I'm like, okay. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. But then he serves me the beer, and he thinks that he served me the wrong beer. So he takes the beer away, and I'm like, no, I think that's the right beer. I'll drink it anyway. I don't want you to pour it down the drain, because he was about to pour it down the drain. So I tasted it, and he's like, I think I poured you the wrong beer. And I'm like, no, this is a session IPA. And he goes, wow, there's a woman that knows her beer. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
and I'll never, I'll never ever forget that. Yeah. I'm never gonna forget that. I'm never gonna go back there. But why, I'm never gonna forget that. Why does, why does, you know, I, I don't know. If if you know, if a man got patronized like that by another man, he'd be wearing the beard. I just wonder, is that is, is that a desire of yours? Is that a, I mean, you know. It's unfortunate how yeah. frequently a situation like that occurs. And I, I'll say that both from personal experience and also knowing other individuals in the craft beer community who have experienced situations like that before where um, their personal knowledge of the craft business or their opinions on it, just because they are women, is automatically shot down. There's no reason for us to say anything whatsoever because clearly we're a woman and we have no you know, business being a part of the, the craft beer world. Now, granted, I think that ultimately it's a small group of people who truly say and think things like that. They just happen to be the loudest. I think one of the wonderful things I love about the Cincinnati community, period, is that we have so many people who are really open to trying new things and welcoming new people. And we don't have to encounter so much along the lines of, hey, you're a woman. I think you're only going to like some of this domestic stuff, so I'll, I'll only tell you about those. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that, and I think that kind of goes into a different point too, but related point of, I've definitely encountered that in the past. I mean, when I started, it's been almost 11 years now, but doing beer dinners and stuff, and people would, they would ask me the craziest questions. Like, they would ask me about original gravities and how many ounces of hop, like really crazy questions that really nobody would ask at a beer dinner unless they were trying to prove a point. And I would see a coworker of mine who was a male do beer dinners and not encounter those same things. So to me, what I always, I took that as is that I always need to know my stuff because I never want to be in a situation where somebody is being kind of a doof. Snarky. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not able to be like, oh yes, well this, this, this and that's how it is. But yeah, it is, it's out there. I don't feel like it's as much as it used to be, but it's still definitely out there. Okay. Well, I, oh, I did sorry. just think of, of something. Sorry, there have been times when, it's a very rare thing when you tap a keg and you wonder if there's something wrong with the keg. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I wonder when I contact my salesperson and I say, this seems really overcarbonated or this taste seems a little bit off. I wonder if they think I'm being hysterical. They don't necessarily overtly treat me that way, but the fact that I even question that, where I wonder if a male beer buyer were to deliver the same message, if they would just automatically say, oh, we'll come check it out. Uh, so when it comes to that kind of stuff, and especially uh, Betty and Jane and uh, Lindsay, from the retail side and from the tap room side and so forth, a lot of that's got to be, a lot of that we think, I think, could be, uh, alleviated with training, with going to guys and saying, look, says, there's a lot of gals out there that know just as much, if not more than you do, about this subject. And, and you know, we don't want you guys to patronize anybody. Describe the beers. Don't go in with a preconceived notion of what they'll drink or what they'll like or what, you know, what you think they can handle. Uh, I would think training would go a long way in that, in that, kind, of, in that kind of situation. Absolutely. And for us too, I mean, we are, we're a pretty chill group of people in general, but for us, we never want any of our team members, no matter what side of the brewer they work on, to make assumptions off of what somebody looks like or gender or clothes or anything. Because we get a lot of 
we are an industrial area and get a lot of like hardworking dudes that come in and I would imagine that a stereotype that could be associated is that they're just going to drink light lagers and that's totally not the case so to me in general I think it's important to just not judge educate that's, and that's find right. the best it, fit for it, people it, it, you, a guy could come you, a guy dressed in work coveralls and a hard hat and that could walk in the door and they could say the same thing oh I'm sorry sir we don't have Budweiser here yeah. <laughs> it's like just yeah. get to know somebody, it, it, and then you'll be able to find the best absolutely. fit for them. Uh, listen, uh, we've got uh, Kim Eddy, Betty Bolas, Cat Finn, Jane, ha- Jane Hamilton, Casey Coy, mm-hmm. Lindsay Roper, Chris Nascimento. No, we're going to let you get a word in edgewise in a I'm minute. I'm a little stressed right we're now. We're going to take a short break, <laughs> but we're going to get a chance to uh, regroup and uh, come back here with the women of Cincy Craft on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> All right, back here on Cincy Brewcast, the women of Cincy Craft, our special presentation for Cincinnati Beer Week, and we've got Chris Nascimento from the Cincinnati Beer Week board. And, and Chris, just real quickly give us a, an idea of what's, what's happening, what kind of different things are happening this week. It, it's funny because just we're going to have you on again. List on off all the events, if you would, real <laughs> yeah, quick. Yeah, everything. <laughs> well, we're going to have you again on the 20th, but while we've got you here, we might as well whet people's appetite for uh, what's going to well, happen CBW 16. Cincinnati Beer Week, it's entering its fifth year. So a lot of people are familiar with Cincinnati Beer Week, but they're used to it being in the wintertime. Uh, after That's last year, right. when we had some inclement weather, we decided... Let's move it to some time where we don't have to worry about a level three snow emergency shutting things down. All right. So it is Cincinnati, but, you know, in June, I think we're probably okay. We're, we're, you never know. Never know. <laughs> in, Can't in rule Cincinnati, that. But yeah. uh, and so just events all over Cincinnati. There'll be course. events. It's over a seven-county area. Uh, so uh, four counties in Ohio with Butler, Hamilton, Warren, and Claremont County, and then in Northern Kentucky as well. So uh, last year we had um, well over uh, 120 events. I'm sorry, 120 different venues doing more than 200 events. Uh, so this year we're hoping to see something online similar. You'll see anything from uh, brewery tours to 
uh, brewing demonstrations to beer dinners, where there's food and beer pairings to contrasting styles, maybe a little East Coast versus West Coast IPA, you know, that kind of thing happening. But lots of opportunity to get them, explore new craft beer, new craft breweries, um, and I would expect the same this year. And very likely a uh, at least one live Cincy Brewcast episode. At least. Uh, because uh, we are an official non-permit vendor this year. We yeah. paid up. And we're very proud to do that. And uh, again, uh, Chris, we'd like to thank you for not only helping us pull together our panel today, uh, but just for all do you it. do for uh, craft beer here in Cincinnati. Uh, and of course, we had a we had a great time at the craft beer draft at uh, at at, at Rheingeist back on the 29th of February. Yes. So we're sure that if any of the Cincinnati uh, Beer Week events is half as fun as that you're going to have a blast. Well, yeah, so that's actually one of the things. So, um, again, we have now, not this year, one collaboration beer, but we have five collaboration beers. That's right. So, and that was where the teams were chosen. And so the breweries had the challenge this year of not only uh, picking out the breweries that they're working with, but also choosing some of the ingredients and getting some special ingredients that otherwise no one would have. So we have five different beers. One of them is available in bottles and packaging. Uh, Over under. Over and under, that's correct. We've already had that one. And we'll, we'll have a little more of it here again today. Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, but Let's have a round of applause for that. <laughs> <laughs> but there are uh, four more beers as well that look uh, just pretty tasty. And again, it's been five years that Cincinnati Beer Week's been going on. Five beers, so why not? Five years, five years, and we will be getting after the other four of those beers on the 20th. On our program on the 20th, I guarantee you. Uh, let's get back to the ladies. Uh, we, we, um, um, one of the other questions I asked Tina about in the interview, and again, uh, we'll play that. We'll play that in its in its entirety when we post for the podcast because we have some uh, technical difficulties with it. Here is um, kind of an overt sexism, and Kat already discussed uh, somebody just basically saying, "Well, honey." we don't have anything that we think that, that I think that you can drink, uh, which is awful. <laughs> I, I have no other word for it, but awful. Um, but just what kind, what, and, and maybe again, Kim, it would be interesting to start with you since you've been in the major brewing, the large company brewing, corporate kind of brewing. We understand that they have uh, certain things in place against sexual harassment and so forth and so on. But did you over did you did you have to overcome any kind of, you know, stereotypical stuff and and have to, you know, even even as silly as little, I guess, fool's errands he might have been sent on or different things like that back in your oh, days yeah. with uh, with AB? Oh, yeah. Well, there was a cultural difference just because I'm from Chicago and I moved to Virginia. So I was a damn Yankee to start out with. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to get over that. And then there was only three women on the brewing on the brewing side of the brewery. So we were totally male dominated. And um, you know, they again they tend to assume that you don't know what you're doing. And it was like, no, I do know what I'm doing. I understand the beer process. I understand what needs to happen. And um, it took time. It took probably a good year and a half of me being there for them to realize, oh, she does know what she's doing. And it's, it, again, as a woman, it's just like, like you were saying, Lindsay, we kind of have to be pre more prepared so people don't assume that we don't know. It's like, to be ready, you gotta stay ready type thing. 
Yeah. And then, um, when, you know, when you went to when you went to Siebel Institute, does any of that stuff do do they even do, think about saying to you, "Hey, look, you know, you're going to run into this, or you're going to, you know, there's going to be some. You better watch out for this." Or, or no, um, it was 1989 when I went to Siebel, so it's been a while back. Um, but I was surprised the class I was in was probably 35% women that were interested in brewing. And their main thing there is just to, to teach you the brewing industry, the, you know, how to brew, how to taste and all that. They didn't really go into the, the other social aspects of it. But that brings, up, that brings up a point and maybe something, I think Tina and I also talked about this when I was talking to her uh, in the interview, is that, is that there wasn't, I mean, now you would expect there would be a lot more women interested in getting into it because there has been such an explosion of independent brewing. Back in 1989, really, the only opportunity that anybody would have had to brew was to be brewed for one of the large breweries. Isn't that correct? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, so and did, did, do you understand, do you know that if most, most of those women that were in those classes got jobs or, or, or if they were, you know? Um, the couple women that were in there were looking to actually open their own brew pubs. That's, that was their goal. Okay, yeah. Um, the other women, I'm not sure I lost track of them. Right, right. But at that time, I mean, craft brewing was still in its infancy then. Well, so what, what, it was really on the cutting edge to be in that class. And, and for all of you ladies, especially those of you that are involved in, in, in the business end of it, what made you want to be a brewer? I have to, bl <laughs> I have to blame my parents. We traveled as, as kids. And everywhere we went, if there was a brewery, we toured it. Oh, yeah, okay. Whether it was a major brewery, a small brewery. I've been to breweries that are now defunct. Um, and everywhere we went, we went to a brewery, and it got me interested in brewing. Excellent. Cool. What about, what, what about yeah. <laughs> I'll chime in. Um, I very haphazardly fell into it. If my 21-year-old self was talked to my 35 year old self and was like "Ooh, what's in store for me and I said oh you'd be owning a brewery with your husband I would have been like no way <laughs> <laughs> but I I'm originally from Buffalo New York and uh, haphazardly ended up in Finley Ohio where I uh, bartended and helped as most manage. people do end up haphazardly in Finley <laughs> Ohio why not Finley right <laughs> why not out of all the places well the kicker is is it was between Boston Massachusetts and Finley Ohio wow. so okay Finley, Ohio. So I was uh, bartending and doing some books and stuff for my friend's bar, and he carried some different craft beers, and the very first one that I had was a Goose Island Kill Gubbin Ale, and I picked it specifically because I thought the goose was cute on the label. Oh, man. <laughs> and after that, I was like, ooh, beer tastes like this? Because before, you know, I was doing, uh -huh. like, shots of vodka and Jaeger bombs and juvenile things that uh -huh. make me throw up thinking about them now. Um but yeah, so it's it kind of escalated from there. The next one I had was a Sierra Celebration Ale, then a Bigfoot, and then the local Anheuser-Busch distributor that called on us uh, was like, hey, we're developing a new position. You should come in and interview for it. And it was for a an import craft and specialty beer rep. So I was like, okay, cool. And I have a pretty good personality, so they hired me, and I really credit... I didn't notice that. I know, <laughs> I know right? Um but the Klepper family that owned Beer Co. up in Fosteria, Ohio, saw something, and I credit them with so much of my passion being, you know, 
invested in. They sent me to St. Louis and I got to do a bunch of beer dinners and learn. And about two years into that position, we started distributing Goose Island and I was like, cool. And as I started doing the training for Goose Island and I met John Hall and Bob Kenny and I was like, you know, hey, if anything ever opens up, let me know. Something opened up, which is what brought me to Cincinnati. And it just along the line, I just fell in love for the craft and the art and the yeast and the people and the flavor. And it's it's such a beautiful community. Uh, That's a really cool story, Lindsay. And Lindsay talks about the aha moment. Oh, my beer can taste like this. Can we go around maybe starting with Casey and kind of what your aha, aha moment was? Goodness. Um, my aha moment started over at uh, Jake's Billiards, which is actually, a, yeah, you wouldn't know it out here. <laughs> Jake's Billiards, which is a bar that's out in the uh, college area of Greensboro, North Carolina. They had a beer dinner. I tried a Belgian red ale uh, by the same folks who um, brew the Duchess, uh, if anybody knows that one. And I fell in love and decided from that point forward that I just wanted to get my hands on anything new that I could honestly try. So I was bringing Flying Dogs Pearl Oyster Stout over. I was yeah. getting Natty Greens and their um, Wilder Flower when the season came around. And as far as like being a part of the Cincinnati community, one of the big things that has really introduced me to here is when my uh, when a friend of mine and her family took me around during New Year's uh, a couple of years back, introduced me to uh, a lot of breweries. Actually, Rivertown was one of them we went to go check out. And um, I found myself sitting on the sidewalk in tears saying, I don't want to leave here. I want to come back. This is a great community. <laughs> um, and sure enough, moving out here. And, and now uh, having the pleasure to start People Pines Purpose with Monica Bowles over here, uh, which is one of the co-founders as well, too. Uh, and really trying to create an inclusive community of uh, craft beer enthusiasts and giving back to the community as well through uh, charity events and collaborating with different breweries as well too. Uh, So all in all, it's just trying new things. I'm certainly looking forward to doing a brewing class over here with Chris in the future as well too, courtesy of GPO coordinating as well. So it's gonna be great. Uh, Jane, uh, I mean, you. You came at it a little bit differently. You talked about being a wine drinker and being a uh, being being someone that had, had, had was doing that. But what was it that you know? Was there an aha moment for you or something that made you decide, hey, this beer thing has gonna got got legs? Yeah, I, I think they've had many aha moments because there's so many great styles of beer. And when I try a new style, that's another aha. Wow, sour flavors, um, sweet flavors. It, but I was I was purely in my college age Miller Light, oh, yeah. Bud Light, you know, weren't Dollar Draft Night, wherever we were going. We're that night. Na- we're we're we that. weren't all. Some of us yeah. were drinking on caramel. <laughs> oh, that's right, you were. <laughs> so, so the first time I had a beer with any flavor was an aha moment that beer is supposed to taste <laughs> like something. Right, exactly. Um, is one, but then uh, I think Speedway Stout is my absolute favorite beer. And that one is just so rich and delicious. And it also is very high alcohol, so it's not just a flavor, but a feeling. And, uh, and I... <laughs> That's the best description of that ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, I'm an IndyCar racing fan, and I, I tried it because of the label. It was very cool, right. and I got really giddy by the checkered flag. So, um, and it's delicious. So that was another important aha moment for me. How about you, Kat? 
I was trying to think about exactly what happened, how I how I stumbled upon all of this. Um, I would say I lived in Dayton for about 10 years and there were some bars that I would frequent that started getting in more and more craft and more local and I know one of the very first beers I had was Mount Carmel's Amber Ale um, and I'm, I, I just wanted to experiment. I wanted to try everything. Oh, that's a different, oh, that's an IPA. Oh, that's a session. Oh, that's a Saison. Huh, I've never had that before. I want to try it. Um, and so, and that's basically what I've been doing for probably about the past six or seven years now is just trying different beers and finding what I like. And now I just drink beer. So <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I, I mean, I, I was, I told some people and I will admit openly, I am a PBR fan. That's if okay. the time presents itself, I will, I, because that was my go-to. We're all, and, we're always fond of saying you know, there's, there's a time and a place for yeah, every beer. Yeah, every beer. yeah. And, exactly. And, uh, and, and there's no doubt that, uh, that that certainly has its place. Now, what are you having there? They just set it down in front of you. <laughs> um, the uh, Sagatuck um, Neapolitan Milk Stout. Oh, my. So that, yeah. Betty, aha. Um, so when I was 19, I worked at this fabulous hole in the wall up on Short Vine called Daniel's Pub. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that was right. That's um, all right. I don't know that I ever should have really been working there at 19 years old, but um, it was my first introduction to just lots of different beers. I mean, craft beer wasn't as big at all back then, so it might have been like a Newcastle. Um, but, you know, stocking the coolers, getting to know, wow, there's a lot of different brands out there. And then kind of like Lindsay, I worked in the restaurant bar industry for a long time, ultimately became a liquor rep. And then I think it was really through Bob Homebrewing because I was always that person like, I don't like dark beer. You know, it's not my thing. It's not for me. Well, Imperial Russian Stouts are my favorite beer. Yeah. So it just took an right education. Here. Me too, man. That's, that's one of my all-time favorites. And I would be drinking a stout right now too, typically, even though it's like 90 degrees out. So I really think it was through Bob's Homebrewing and just tasting a lot, becoming better educated. And finally, I guess, Kim, what, what brought you over from the dark side? <laughs> well, like I said, you know, we traveled growing up. Right, so, right. You know, even then, you know, your local brewers, everything was a little bit different. So you had the chance then. And obviously, while well, I worked for Budweiser, I got free beer, so I drank those products. But as right before I left Budweiser, um, they were starting to branch out uh -huh, because right. of the craft brewing thing. So you could get more than just Bud or Bud Light off the what we called the beer truck every two weeks right right so that kind of got it started but i think mostly when i really started to travel in the early 90s and going to europe and going into a pub in england and they have these wonderful hand pulled you know ales and stuff like that and it's just like wow that's real ale cast conditioned yeah, ales yes you know, yeah, you know yeah. they have to pump it up there's no you know it's all yeah. the elbow work and that was great stuff and that kind of Plus, I was always interested in craft brewing. You know, that's why I went to Siegel and everything. So, as it, as I'm just great, I'm just so glad to see that it's just exploded, and that there's so many different styles and all the the risks that people are taking with flavors and everything. I think it's just so cool. Well, listen, we're going to uh, take ourselves another break. We've got a uh, chance to uh, take a break here, so uh, we'll be back with more with the women of Cincinnati craft beer here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.
Hi fans, I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincinnati Brewcast, Pastura Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pastura.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. Hi, this is Danny Gold from Quaffillers in Greater Cincinnati. Hi, this is Brandon Hughes from Nine Giant Brewing in Pea Ridge. Hey, hi, this is Peanut from Eight Ball Brewing in Bellevue slash Newport. I'm Eric Bauman from Christian Moreland Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Mitchell Doherty from Eight Ball Brewing in Northern Kentucky, Newport slash Bellevue. Hey, this is Mike Albaroff from Nine Giant Brewing in Pleasant Ridge. Hi, this is Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Women a lot of times are, uh, when they get together, are, are I don't know whether fairly or, or not, uh, considered, it's sometimes called a coffee clatch. Uh, kind of an old what? German word about a, a little meeting with ladies around cups of coffee. So we're having a beer clatch today. We're having a meeting of, of ladies around beer, and we are so proud and honored to be joined now by uh, also, uh, from, from again, from across from me and around in a uh, counterclockwise fashion, Chris, uh, Chris Nascimento from Cincinnati Beer Week 2016, Lindsay Roper from Rivertown, Casey Coy from People, Pints, and Purpose, Jane Hamilton from Marty Hops, Marty's Hops and Vines, Monica Bowles from People, Pints, and Purpose, uh, Kat Finn from Girls Pine Out, Cincinnati Girls Pine Out, Betty Ballas from Fibonacci Brewing, and Kim Eddy, former brewer for Anheuser-Busch Budweiser and craft beer enthusiast. We'd like to thank, hey, thank you very much. It's unbelievable. I, I remembered everybody's title. By, I, I was looking at my cheat sheet here, but I remembered everybody's title out of my head. Gnarly Gnome has been brewing, so to speak, with a number of questions that he would like to ask uh, a number? You, you fine young ladies. Uh, please, Gnome, I'll give you the floor. Well, I just, yeah. The biggest question that I've got is, is in all of your separate opinions, you know, what... What do we do as craft drinkers to to make it more inclusive? And I know Pines People Purpose, that's that's kind of what it's about. But um, what are we doing wrong that can be done differently? And I'm not just talking about men and women. I'm t- it's, it's a much bigger issue, I think, in craft beer that this stereotypical beer drinker has now become this huge loud voice in it. And how do you not necessarily quiet that down, but let everybody else be just as loud? I think this is a great point for Monica actually to step in when it comes down to that sort of conversation because uh, she's been involved in that sort of idea along the lines of the the, the feminist values would come down to uh, providing an an equal opportunity for everyone regardless of their financial status or their uh, gender preference or sexuality preference or anything like that. So, yeah, go for it. Um, I think that it's it's just important... um, in general to remember that female craft beer drinkers are are craft beer drinkers. I mean, I I don't personally, and I can't speak for anyone else, but personally, I I don't want to be treated as a, as a woman in craft beer. I just want to be treated as a consumer in craft beer. Like I just want to be respected the same as anyone else. And, um, I think that sometimes we lose sight when we talk about diversity and inclusion, 
I think we lose sight of we're all humans. You know, you're different from me in a particular way, and I'm different from this person in a particular way. But at the end of the day, we're all humans, and you know, we humans at this table want to drink good beer. And and you know, as far as being more inclusive, just let go of the idea of a woman in craft beer and what a woman in craft beer should be. Um, I think a, a, a slightly tangential point, but something that is related is that recently uh, there was a tweet uh, said about Nico Case uh, that said, it was something along the lines of uh, Nico Case is re- remaking or re- reimagining what a woman in music should be. And she got pretty angry about it um, and said, basically, I'm not a woman in music. I'm, I'm a musician. I am a person in music. And to regard me as, as anything differently is, is, you know, separation, and it's not what we want. And, and that's, that is what we, I think, as, as female craft beer drinkers want, is, is just good beer, you know? We just want good beer. We just want to be able to come in and order good beer without it being assumed that we want a blonde or, a, you know, a Budweiser, God forbid. Or just with and again, just to reiterate, and of course, I mentioned it earlier, I'll mention it again. Uh, I have a, a, a rather lengthy uh, little discussion with Tina Cisneros, one of the members of our Cincy Brewcast team. And to her credit, one of the things that she said to me uh, during the interview was, I almost don't feel like we should be having this show. It's because yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Like it's, it's, it's such a hard topic to talk about. Because the very fact that you have to talk about it is part of the issue. Like yes. it's absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, like I grew up with a single mother who said we could do whatever we wanted, be whoever we wanted to be. So like I don't feel any different. So don't treat me any different. And I feel like also at the same time that we're talking about the lack of support for women, I've also had a lot of support from men in the industry. So there are some really good guys out there who are being very supportive of everyone and trying to be inclusive of everyone absolutely like even when i mentioned before like it's a small group of people who end up having these negative views who end up going forth and with these negative ways really comes down to it um so when we take the time to actually look at the the bigger picture i think that women in craft brewing actually come a long way that significant amount and a great amount in my personal opinion yes and as no mentioned also it is a much bigger issue than just women i mean it's been noted in many articles and many statistics that uh craft beer is almost exclusively white people um and and there you know there's there are underlying cultural reasons for that there are underlying issues in the industry that that cause that um, and, 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 you know, it's not, and it's not just race either. I mean, it's a, it's a million different factors. And, and part of what our organization really, part of our mission statement is really that we want to bring everyone in. Um, and, and that was important enough to us that we, we wanted to, you know, to do this. So yeah. we're um, not a group for just women. We're not a group for just men. We're not a group for just, um, a specific orientation or anything like that. I feel like and we're plugging, but you know, but you guys, really you guys have an organization that is, that is built on creating an environment that is inclusive for everybody. So if you, yeah. if you're going to plug it somewhere, this is the show to do it. Well, so. you know. well, well thank you, them. Jane was that. That's what Cincinnati Beer Week is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a welcoming environment for everybody to enjoy and explore beer. Celebrate Cincinnati. I just, I wanted to add, um, 
Carrie McLaughlin, who uh, used to be a beer buyer at Marty's, and I've learned a great deal from him. He recently posted an article on Facebook about um, hospitality in the service industry. And it was, I don't remember the name of the bartender, but it was a, a New York bartender who was giving his opinion about hospitality. And he pointed out that there's a skill in reading your customer because you want to know if that customer wants to be left alone with his beer or wants conversation. And you need to pick that up properly if you're going to do well with them. But I think the first step is to kind of piggyback on what Monica and Casey were saying is to just let go of the bias or the assumption when the customer walks in the door. Give them a chance to show you who they are and what they want. And then read what happens after that. Because um, College Hill is a very diverse neighborhood, and we've got um, a lot of different people coming in the shop, and I, I can't look at them and just know they're going to be a wine drinker or a domestic beer drinker or a craft beer drinker. I need to ask them. I need to bring them all the menus, um, and then I need to remember what they drink because that's also part of hospitality. So, so just let go of that first assumption and see who they are and what they want. Is it fair to say that... that service personnel behind a bar maybe the only time they should be offering their opinion is when somebody is undecided in other words somebody says oh you know i'm not really sure or i've never really had craft beer before or oh i'm you know i, I i'm not sure if i feel like liquor or wine or beer or you know no. i mean huh? I, there's there's what? plenty well, of ahead, times please. there's plenty of times i'll walk into a brewery and i'll order just that beer that i that i know that i'm gonna like and somebody will say to me oh but have you tried this or have you tried that or have you, you know, you know, what, what do you like to drink? You know, like just that, that conversation. That's, that's for me as a drinker. You know, I, I, I like to hear other opinions and I like somebody to, to shove a beer in my face that I haven't had before and kind of make me drink it because there's too much to drink. I'm not going to get to it all unless somebody makes me do it. Hey, life is th an adventure. Why not go for it? That's right. <laughs> I think too, on that point, it's for us, we approach it more as education and truly like, I mean, we all have our baggage that we've carried around in different experiences, but it's not really fair to take our personal baggage that we have and put it on somebody else or make an assumption about them on the way they look or the way they act or where they choose to spend their money and everything like that. It's like, for us, we really like to approach each customer as, as a blank slate. Side note, amazing brewery. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Scott. <laughs> but as, sorry, well I had to do that. But, you know, as a blank slate and just get to know the person. And in knowing the person, you'll be able to either make, educate them, you know, and be like, hey, if you like that, you might like to try this. Do you want to try a little sample? But just kind of get to know people is the most important part. I think one of my favorite things about the craft beer community is when you get together with people, kind of the situation we're in right now, someone offers, like Kat offered to me earlier, hey, do you want to try the calling? Like, just go ahead and take a sip before you decide you want to order it. Like, I love that because it, it just, that education community, like you're talking about, it really helps us try to really figure out what we like. And at the same time, it allows us, like, support some breweries that we really enjoy at the same time, which, by the way, I love death, by the way. <laughs> death is so great. Yeah, as, a, as a consumer, I, as a consumer... I very much appreciate when someone behind the counter says, oh, you ordered this, but have you tried this? Yeah. That is, I mean, I have discovered some of my favorite beers that way. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, hey, based on this preference that you've shown, take a look at this. It, you know, it's, it's just when assumptions are made before that, that there are issues with anyone. It's so. like Netflix, but the beer version in real exactly. life with real people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, that man. random. Hey, I... I but I had to say it. I can't get to a better stopping point than that myself, so we're going to take a short break again here on Cincy Brewcast. We are 
on location at the beautiful Incline Public House here in the Incline Historic and Beautiful. What a perfect Incline. day. It is a beautiful day. Uh, a little hot, but very breezy, so uh, it's drying the sweat that, uh, that we've all built up. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast. And be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. Hi, my name is Blake Horsberg from 50 West Brewing in 50 Westville. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, this is Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. You are listening to Cincy Brewcast on location. Back here at the beautiful Incline Public House uh, in the Incline neighborhood here on the west side of Cincinnati. And, you know, if you have not been here yet, which I had not, this is my first time here, I have to tell you, it is absolutely one of the most stunning vistas you'll find in the entire city of Cincinnati. You can see the Ohio River. You can see the back of the uh, Union Terminal. You can see all of downtown Cincinnati. You can see Paul Brown Stadium very clearly. Just an absolutely incredible uh, view. And, uh, of course, we are anybody hard by... That's, anybody that's live on Periscope can see the view perfect. Yes, it's, and, and, it's and, and we are, we are ne- very yeah, right next to... Yes, hi. Hi, all. Uh, and then uh, very close to the Incline, uh, the Incline Theater, the new Incline Theater, which has brought so much uh, to this particular neighborhood uh, as far as uh, performing arts. And then right next door to the building that houses the Prima Vista Restaurant, which is an absolutely beautiful and incredible fine dining. I was fortunate enough to experience that uh, myself a couple of months ago. A, a, a beautiful and a very fine, uh, beautiful fine dining Excellent. restaurant. Uh, here in this part of town. So this is a really a wonderful neighborhood and, and really Chris and of course our uh, hostess uh, today, the general manager of the restaurant, Flo Carver. We really appreciate uh, their hospitality today and certainly they deserve a fine round of applause uh, from all of our panel and all of our guests uh, here enjoying this beautiful Sunday fun day afternoon. Uh, once again, Mike Cisneros along with an Arlie Gnome uh, on Cincy Brewcast. It is just, that is just so weird. I know people that are listening can hear that interference and that noise, and we're just, we are, we are, we are perplexed and vexed as to what exactly uh, that is. Uh, but uh, hopefully uh, it's not too annoying to everybody, and we'll continue with the program here 
It's the uh, sound of an awesome time. It's yeah, it's the sound. It of is fun. so great that we are having such a great time that, that it's uh, that it's it's going right through the electronics, right? You can feel the electricity, can't you? Um, I apologize. I'm gonna get. I, I want to get controversial, and I'm gonna get controversial. Oh Lord. Well, you know. It's fine. You know why not? I, I mean, that's that's kind of why we're here, um, and that is. What is, you know, what is a lot of the overt sexism of the of some of the various I don't know, beer names, beer labels, beer, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, and 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 it's, you know, I'm a guy, right? And I apologize, but guys have a certain sense of humor. Guys don't have a well. Guys do have a certain no, sense of humor. That, see, that's yeah. Thank you. Uh, and, and and I don't know. I well, see, I'm old school. I mean, I'm older than you. It doesn't you matter. Are. It doesn't matter if you're older than me or younger but than I, me or anything. But see, it's I, not a guys and a girls now, and a. Now I now I, I got to weigh in. I, I got to agree. N- with n- now I've now I've outgrown it to a certain extent, and I have two daughters, so it's important to me that your daughters not do have that. a dirtier sense of humor than well, you yeah, ever well, that, have. Well, that's true. Ouch. <laughs> that is true. Oh, <laughs> that's the thing. Apparently, women just hide it. And they got and they got it from their mother. No, no. But 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 you joke, of course. But no. It's not men and it's not women. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's there are different different people. Some people have a certain sense of humor and some people don't. It's not men and women, and that okay. has got to be broken. All right, all Thank right. You, gnarly. That's fine. That's my fair. daughter has my sense of humor. That's, that's why not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's why I said it. That's why I say what I say. And uh, so, uh, discuss. So um, first of all, I would like to say that not only is it not men and women, it's it's not it's it's not even that. It's it's even beyond that. It's a culture of sexism. It's 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 become a buzzword, and I, I hate to bring it in because I know there's a lot of people that are going to roll their eyes. But it's the patriarchy. We were brought up in a male-dominated society. We being everyone around this table, unless you came from a, a different area, maybe. Um, and, and the fact is, you know, we, we see the world in a certain way because of that. You know, women receive maternity leave because they're expected to take care of the children. You know, men typically are paid more because they're expected to bring home the bacon. That's just a cultural expectation. And that is ultimately that is the root of, of these issues, not this person and that person and whatever. They, they are the catalyst they are the vector for for the problems that happen in society but the ultimate root of the problem is is the culture and that's what we have to work at changing i i think that when it comes down to distribution and labeling I, and i think that labeling has really become a a thing that both monica and i and a couple other people have noticed in a couple of groups that um it's Less to do with the fact that um, some are just outright. What's the word for it? I'm trying to figure it out. Um, outright sexist or just the. It seems like the the issue oftentimes is less outright sexism and more the um, more the response of the brewery from to criticism. So right, absolutely. So um, I, I don't want to name names because I don't want to disrespect anyone. Not necessarily at this table, but in general. Um, yes. There there have been there have been examples from. M- most breweries, honestly, of questionable labels. I, I would, I would personally say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm not here to call anybody out by any means. Um, I, I think that um, when you have a label that someone says 
uh, that makes me feel bad. That makes me feel icky, you know. Um, and and there and the brewery is called out. Hey, you know, maybe you should consider changing this label for reasons X Y Z. And then the brewery comes back and says, basically, you know, this is like doesn't listen, you know, doesn't. Yeah. And and not to say that they have to change it, but when they come back in a disrespectful manner, which there have been many many instances of, that is what frustrates at least me personally as a as a female as a feminist consumer. That's what frustrates me. If I were to to criticize a, a label or a brewery and they were to come back and say, hey, we appreciate that criticism. It's not something that we feel. Yeah, it's not is, something is we intended. That you're right. That. It's not we intended or it's not enough to change it. Mm-hmm. I, I would respect that. But when it comes back in a, well, you're just being a silly woman way, that's when it becomes like, okay, yeah, that's not acceptable. And or, that's one of those things. And I'm sorry, Jane, but it, it comes into one of those things where um, it, it's like a piece of art. Every label is a piece of art to some degree. You've got the graphic designer who's worked really hard on that. You've got the people who have mm-hmm. uh, come in and decided what they want to contribute to that design. And art is supposed to evoke emotion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can look at a variety of different like album labels, and you'll actually see. An Ooh. Oh. Wow. Goodness. That's, um, uh, goodness. That's album label. on that one. Yeah, really. <laughs> I only just... I can't even hear myself on that speaker anymore, guys. You heard what was happening in my head. Okay. Um, (laughs) But the album labels for any musician, okay, whether or not it's a big time one or a local one, you'll find that sometimes there might be something that offends somebody, and that's just based on their personal opinions and what they've encountered in their lifetime as well, too. And the thing is, when somebody is offended by something, even if it comes down down to um, labels in brewing, it's not a matter of like, oh, well, you just need to suck it up and get over it. It's a matter of, well, let's take a moment. And this is one of the things I love that um, Monica has actually taught me uh, is that we need to take a moment and try and figure out, okay, why is it that it's invoking this emotion out of you? Let's talk about it. Let's get to know it a little bit more. And I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the brewing community in itself is that a good part of the time a lot of people want to talk about well this is what I put into this or this is the reason why that I created this label or anything like that like with Fibonacci like I would love to know the reason why you guys decided that you wanted to go with a scientist for your label I love learning about things like that and maybe it's that's because just they're because nerds. Okay, well, that's great. <laughs> if you listen to Cincy Brewcast, because Volume 1, Episode 52. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I'm not even sure that's the right show. but That absolutely. is one reason I drink their beer, because I support nerds. Um, but it's also good beer. So. Yeah. Jane, had, Jane had something. Go for it. Yes, please. I think um, after years and years and years of watching Super Bowl commercials, <laughs> I have learned that not everyone is marketing to me. It doesn't mean I don't have a reaction to it. I, I think what's important is to know that, that marketers are aiming at a target audience. And if you're not that audience, you may still be offended. And it's okay to be offended, but there are going to be other people who disagree with you. Um, in a retail aspect, I do have to consider these things what I'm going to put on my shelf. And um, I, I have made some bad decisions, and I think I've made some good decisions too. But what I appreciate is that when someone has a reaction that they're uncomfortable with something that that reaction isn't criticized or somebody tries to talk them out of it you can feel what you feel you can believe what you believe i might believe differently is there something is there something you won't carry is there something you haven't carried 
Jane? Um, I have some things from a brewery right now on the shelf that I wish I didn't. Um, because, and it's not even a sexist thing, it's just a gross thing. Ah, yes. Tina and I discussed that. The toilet humor uh, aspect Is of it, it. The toilet humor. Yes. I, I don't think that that's a good thing to put on a shelf in our place. There was an article recently that, that kind of spoke to that about how it was it was actually written by a young man. Um, I think he was like 22 or something. And, and he kind of went through like, these are my social relationships. And, you know, when I go out for a first date with a woman, I don't want her to see how easy it is for me to say this horrible beer name. Like, I mean, we can all think of, you know, a, a, a very uh, crass yeah, beer so. name. And, and so, you know, he said, I don't want to be forced to say that beer name because it's a good beer. But, you know, having having that shock value is maybe not necessarily a good thing. And and I see his point. I also see it from the other side. It, it gets, you know, it gets page views. It gets, you know, notice in the on the shelving. So Well, and like Jane said, marketers know their audience. And the yeah. bottom line is it's the old adage, money talks and bullshit walks, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I've I got a question. I'd like to take out my Cincinnati Beer Week hat for a second, just as an average guy, I have a question. So... What is the difference between being edgy and having something that, uh, you know, and something that's going to be outright sexist in a label? What is that line and what would be a good way for someone to do something that's edgy or, uh, you know, changes perceptions or stretches boundaries without crossing that line? Have women on the panel. Have women have women on the testing panel for the advertising. I mean, I think that, that that's a that's a really easy way to make sure that you're not doing something that's over the line. Um, just beyond that it's a personal thing it's hard to say i would love to chime in on this because we released a beer earlier this year as part of our liquid ingenuity series that got got some attention with it and i would love to share that perspective so on one end what i think is really really important and this goes with anything there's always conversation if there's something and understanding intent and understanding perspective i think that's really important because to judge something and not have all of the full information upon why that decision was made is really unfair. So we released a beer called Brett T-Shirt Contest, and this particular series of beers, the Liquid Ingenuity series, can be brewed by anybody in the brewery. And this one was a craft of our scientist. And you also get to captain the label, the recipe, all that kind of stuff. So the label is a big brewer. So it's a Brett T-Shirt Contest, not a wet T-Shirt Contest. So there's a big brewer with a wife beater on and like, I'm sorry, a white tank top on. That is totally <laughs> <laughs> we oh all do it. Let's edit that out. Really so is. white tank top on, right? White tank top. Wet t-shirt contest, tank top on. So anyways, and he's holding an Erlenmeyer flask and he is wearing the number one medal because he won the Brett t-shirt contest. Then there are two, um, two women that won second and third that would stereotypically win a wet t-shirt contest. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. So anyways, it wasn't our intention, and actually to what you were saying, like, we have a number of women that work at the brewery, and I was a part of that and a part of the story writing and all that kind of stuff, and we were all just like, this is really funny. And I think what my issue is, I'm totally okay if somebody takes issue with what we do because we can't... We wouldn't be in business if we got everybody's opinion and tried to hone it all in. Because everybody has different experiences, and that's all okay. Absolutely. I think where our issue came in is that some of these very 
small amount, but loud voices are inconsistently calling out sexism. And to me, it's like, I'm okay. And, you know, that our intent was not to definitely not to offend anybody, not to hurt anybody's feelings or have that called into question of who we are or our identity as a brewery. But it's really tough, too, when, you know, we had that label come out and it was a one-time beer and okay. But then there's lots of other beers that have come out recently and to me I personally kind of find them a little bit offensive but I'm just kind of like alright whatever I'm going to make my choice by not buying the beer um, but everybody celebrates it so to me I think what's important when anybody takes a stand or makes an opinion it's really important to be consistent upon that opinion across the board and I think that's Understanding the, the perspective of the, of the brewery or the person or the story or all that kind of stuff, that's where the conversation starts. And there's a really big difference out there in the world of the keyboard warriors, of people that are genuinely concerned <laughs> and hurt and will take the time to call or email or be like, I'm concerned about this. This is really different. What's going on here? And to me, it was also a nod to how consistent our branding is. Woo woo, because people were like, "WTF? Did this come from Rivertown?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, like, was what, that was exactly what James said. But yeah. anyways, but the other piece of it is too is like, there's no reason to ever be mean or rude and not understand the whole story because I think that reflects more upon the person making those comments as opposed to the brewery itself. But. And, that's just my two cents. I'd like to, if I might, just, uh, again, this is my personal opinion, and what I just wanted to note that Rivertown, I've known the people there for a long time. They're extremely supportive of women, both professionally and in society, and I don't think that their uh, intent with that was ever to, uh, you know, do anything that would be uh, sexist or offensive to anybody. Um mm-hmm. Yes. Well, well being, I, in, being in the brewery business, Lindsay and Betty, and, and as, as far as being in, a, in, the, in, a, in, in the business part of, of, of the craft beer industry here in Cincinnati, it's, get, it's so hard. And I, I, we talked to Mike Dewey about this. There have been so many, uh, uh, so many brewers that we've talked about of just how difficult it is to come up with a name for a beer that hasn't been used, with a label or some sort of image that hasn't been already put in place by some other brewer somewhere and how really open you leave yourself you can't be really original that you know that you open yourself up to a lot of problems uh from different other brewers who will do cease and desist who will do and and the second thing gnome has has really impressed on me especially uh in the last uh, year and a half or so that we've been doing this program is how hard it is to get the labels even approved how, how what kind of a process that is and so if somebody makes a mistake if you will and puts something offensive that somebody thinks is offensive on a label and someone calls them on it and somebody and then the brewery or whatever regrets and says, "Oh gosh, it, it, a nightmare to change to change it." Would it be a nightmare to change it? Is that am I am I wrong in saying that? Or, I mean, I think it depends on if it's a one-time beer or if it's a consistent beer, like a beer that's around all the time. But I mean, there are costs involved with designing the labels and printing the labels and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, to what you were saying, everything has to get approved by the TTB. So you would like to think that. The There's TTB some type of voice of the trade in tax 
bureau that okay. regulates alcohol. For those who don't know. They're, they're the <laughs> but, beer label people. Yeah, okay. but there's the a lot of inconsistencies yes. in it. terms of what they approve and not approve. Some of the labels that I've seen come through, uh, I can't say it right now, but we just got a name for a keg collar approved that's really... Let me look it up it's real called, quick. We don't give three Fs. <laughs> <laughs> and that got approved. Oh, okay, yeah, so however, however, I like it. And there's more of a story there, but I can't tell it right now. Um, but we have, I had death get kicked back because I said, or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was death. I said, chocolatey malt instead of chocolate malt. And it got kicked back because if I were to say chocolatey malt flavor, people might think that it has actual chocolate in it, and it doesn't, so it's misleading. There's, there's a fantastic article that Jason Brewer huh. wrote from Listerman when they were trying to do s'more of what, and in the on the label there's a picture of a s'more, and of course there's this gooey marshmallow oozing out of it, and there's no actual marshmallows in that beer and so it got kicked back and said well you can't have this on the label it's not in your beer oh and it's uh, it, but then you like have that. like don't talk s about norwood right. and that got approved and there's some other breweries that have gotten some more risque things approved too and it's like yeah well, well, right. death has a skull on it and there are no real skulls in that beer <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and even in the most like, no fire that we know sense of. of it all like in, in the most sense of it all like just it, even putting death on a bottle, somebody might think, or, or are you trying to promote suicide? Are you going like to that? die if you? Yes, yes. Well, no, and, inc- and it's inconsistent. But I love you, TTB. I, I just, just have to chime in because there's a demon on him. There is a demon on it. <laughs> I just have to chime in because Beer Week. Okay, I'm going to tie in Cincinnati Beer Week. Our brunch at Marty's Hops and Vines features Rivertown Brews, and we we selected three that we're going to pair with three courses of brunch. And, and there were lots of conversations about exactly what drink to serve and what we'll call it. Um, we're, we're serving nice melons, which is a great watermelon Berliner Weiss, and it's a beautiful package. I get what the name is referring to. It makes we're me giggle. About I'm nice a woman. Watermelons. Right. We can't help dirty minds. We can't help dirty minds. That's fair. I, I know. But, but humans do. Yeah, no. And and we're serving because it's our brunch and we're trying to do something special. We're doing what I call zhuzhing up the pour of the the watermelon Berliner Weiss and we're adding a salted rim and some fresh mint and some berries. So we're enhancing these melons. And we decided we decided to call it enhanced melons. And as I'm talking about it, I'm doing this too, and I can't seem to stop doing that. <laughs> but I, I really had to think long and hard, and I kind of had to sort of get permission from the boss to say, is this okay to call it this? And I had to think about how people will react. I, I'm laughing about it. I get that some people may or may not approve, but it's going to be a tasty drink, as will the whole brunch. And we're doing a death Bloody Mary that we thought about calling Mary's Bloody Death, but that just seemed wrong. <laughs> so you have to, know, you have to consider awesome, these things and consider your audience and how far do you want to go? How edgy do you want to push it? Hey, hey listen, I can't, uh, I can't make any more out of that. <laughs> yeah, we, sure. Listen, we'll be back and uh, we'll have a little bit more. Uh, once again, uh, Kim Eddy, Betty Bolas, Kat Finn, Monica Bowles, Jan Hamilton, Casey Coy. Yikes. There went my speaker. Uh, $100 down the drain, Lindsay Roper, Chris Nascimento, the gnarly gnome, and yours truly, Mike Sisteros, here on Cincy Brewcast on location from the Incline Public House. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Crowd. You are listening to Cincy Brewcast on location. 
Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, Eight Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, my name is Gamel Nagy. I'm with Rivertown Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, I'm Jake Rouse from Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, this is Bobby Slattery from 50 West Brewing Company in 50 Westville, and you are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Sean Willingham from Municipal Brew Works in Hamilton, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I wish she would have been on tape if she had a mic in front of her. You know what? All right, back here at Incline Public House uh, with uh, the Gnarly Gnome, Chris Nascimento. Where our set is literally falling and, apart. And we, are, we are really, it is, it is like the Titanic here. Uh, <laughs> our, 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 our fa- I look up, our Facebook Live has stopped. I don't know if Periscope's still going it's or still not. still going. Don't know about Google+. Plus. It looks like the, I don't uh, think so. It looks like the uh, uh, camera has fallen off of its uh, perch up there. But we are with a group of intep- intrepid ladies, the women of Cincy Craft, which I'm sorry, so, kind of sounds like a Playboy issue, but anyway. Oh. <laughs> Lord, Mike, you haven't learned anything today. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Roper, Casey Coy, Lindsay Roper from Rivertown Brewing, Casey Coy from People Pints and Purpose, Jane Hamilton from Marty Hop, Marty's Hops and Vines, Monica Bowles also from People Pints and Purpose, Cat Finn from Cincinnati Girls Pine Out, Betty Bolas from the. Fibonacci Brewing Company over in Mount Healthy, and Kim Eddy from, uh, well, formerly of uh, since, uh, craft beer, Cincinnati Craft Beer Enthusiast, formerly a brewer at uh, Budweiser uh, in Virginia. Uh, and um, uh, first of all, what did we say? What did we say we wanted to do? We wanted to do well, the. Uh, you need to hit a little button. Oh, yes. Uh, Something very important. From the beer fridge. I'm contractually obligated to play that. <laughs> and and Chris uh, from Cincinnati Beer Week has uh, brought us a uh, beautiful, the beautiful, once again, the over-under um, mulberry wood-aged lager. It's actually, uh, yeah, it's an amber lager uh, aged with uh, mulberry wood. This is the only one of the five collaboration beers this year that is being packaged. Is there any left? Or, uh, uh, I think we, we all drank it. Out, I think we drank it all. <laughs> So some of us have some left, but 
And this beer here, one thing I noticed as it warms up is that the mulberry and some of the flavors really come through well. So I, I would drink this one at a little bit warmer temperature than you might be used to. But I, this is an absolutely delicious beer. What do you think about it? it? We, we talked about it a little bit when we were at Dogberry but two right, or it's, three it's weeks ago. Right, it's a collaboration between Mad Tree, Dogberry, Listerman, and Urban Artifact. And, and what I love so much is that, yeah, when you let it warm up like this, you definitely get all these other flavors out of it. But if you drink it when it's really cold, it goes down so easy. And I think that uh, I think crushable was the word that we kept using. <laughs> yes, it, I, it I is, think I said it uh, drank cold. It is a refreshing uh, lager and drunk warm. It is a malt bomb. It's, it's, it's neat yeah. how it kind of toes both those lines really well and it's um you definitely get some of that wood as it warms I'd up i'd say when it's colder you get a, a little bit of bite from the wood but you don't get that full flavor that you do from when it's warmer and i i think it's a great beer i mean it's one of five great beers that we have this year and it's it's really exciting one of the things that we have uh, you know all the Cincinnati brewers here they look at each other not as competitors but as colleagues they're all working together and that's what Cincinnati beer week is all about um the community coming together and celebrating beer for a full week enjoying it there'll be so many different things to uh, go out and experience if you check out the website all the information is going to be up there and, w- and what in. is that address and all that, that website is uh cincinnatibeerweek.com so uh there'll be a calendar you'll be able to search it by the day even by the beer or uh by the week and pick your favorite events to go out and find and real quick uh what is it? i know rivertown collaborated Fibonacci collaborated. What was what were what were what are the other five, what are the other four? So the the collaborations uh, there were uh, five host breweries. So Braxton Brewing was in collaboration with Paradise uh, Rock Bottom and Rivertown, and they made Nectar, which is a Mexican lager with a with agave. How's that? Um, How is that, Lindsay? Is it good? Have you had it? Is it? It's going to be wonderful, but I haven't gotten to have it yet. Oh, okay. Yes. All, right. All right. So that is one of the ones that's kegged that we'll see right as Beer Week uh, begins. So that's, uh, you know, again, there's going to be a lot of great beer coming out here. Just some place is going to have all five beers on tap. You get to taste them side by side and experience, you know, the creativity of all the Cincinnati breweries. And again, for people that are uh, listening live... Uh, on Periscope, I think that's the only thing Periscope that we've got still, still floating uh, <laughs> up Periscope, as it were. Um, uh, on the 20th of June, we, Chris will be joining us again. Hopefully we'll be able to get a couple of uh, brewers to come in and join us as well in studio in the friendly confines where things won't be falling apart. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and you'll, we'll have all those beers and we'll get a chance to... We'll work to see what we, we can do. Uh, to we'll get them. Don't worry. We'll, 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 we'll get as many we'll, as we possibly we'll, can. We'll, we'll hold some... There we'll, are a lot of thirsty people in Cincinnati. We will, I just want to say... We will twist some arms to get a hold of some, 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 some of those beers. So, so and, and the other beers here real quick... Uh, Blank Slate was also a host, and they came out the Saison Deep Thir- 513 to Saison with chili peppers. Um, that's going to be a good one. Uh, and then Sorry, Eight Chris, Ball Brewing really was also a host. They came out with the Birds and the Bees. Uh, joining them was uh, Moorline, Mash Cold, Old Firehouse, and Tap and Screw. And I, I did forget to mention with Blank Slate that uh, Ryan Geist, Tassel House, and Bad Tom Smith collaborated with them on their beer. And then Fruits of Our Labor is going to be the fifth beer. And the host is Mount Carmel and 50 West Fibonacci. Raise your hand, Betty. All right. And uh, Cellar Dweller are all collaborate on that beer. And that is uh, Fruit IPA, Group of Peaches and Apricots. Bet, did you get a preview of this, Betty? I haven't had it. Um, I think Bob might have coined the name. And then he was not there to brew with 
a death in the family. But we, I don't think either one of us have tried it. And I'm not an IPA fan, so I'm honestly most excited about the, bir- is it the birds and bees one? Which is the Belgian triple with the honeysuckle. Yeah. I think sounds that delicious. one sounds really interesting. So. They all sound delicious. I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm looking forward to trying them all. I mean, that's what we should do. Go out. But anyone who likes IPAs, ours will probably be excellent. I, I mean, <laughs> and you know, folks. Loaded with peaches and apricots. You can't go wrong. You can, anybody in Cincinnati can go to any one of the Cincinnati craft breweries that's involved uh, with Cincinnati Beer Week and find a beer that you can enjoy, that you love, very, very possibly. In fact, I would almost guarantee will easily become one of your favorites. And I, I you know, I know I certainly have. I know everybody at this table has. Uh, let's 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 do that, uh, ladies. Uh, favorite. Uh, we'll start with. Uh, we'll start uh, to my left here with uh, Kip. Favorite Cincinnati craft beer. And, and please, you don't have to be. No, I mean you don't have to. Uh, favorite. That's, I mean, right that's like that's like asking me to pick which of my stepkids <laughs> is my favorite. <laughs> it's just impossible because there's so many good beers out there. All right. I'm personally an IPA fan. Okay. The hoppier, the better. Sure. Um, oh my God, I have yet to have Betty's IPA, which I've heard is excellent. Marty's hops and vines. Yeah. Marty's hops and vines. We have two. I honestly can't pick one. Ugh. It's it's yeah I just can't. Well, can I suggest maybe one hoppy one and one more multi roasty one? Yeah. I think we can all maybe fall on that. Is that yeah? Sure. Or seasonal That's or, still or, tough. or something seasonal or uh, something that uh, look I can tell you guys right now I don't mind. I do saying. love I do love death by Rivertown. Okay. I think the balance of the heat and the malt is excellent. Because um, I do like hot stuff as well. Uh-huh. Um, I so promise I'm not holding broken beer bottles to anybody's necks. This <laughs> is all. In, in the words, not of, this time. In the words yeah. of Sammy Davis not Jr., I'm not just saying that, baby. Yeah. I know, I'm just <laughs> passing yeah. dollars underneath the table, but it's, yeah. nobody needs to know. Yeah. <laughs> Betty? Um, so I feel like I should pick one of our own and somebody else's. So my favorite of ours is our stout. Um, that uh, goes back to me being a big stout fan. And then the current right now, my favorite is Urban Artifacts Calliope. And nice. I think oh, I if you let Calliope. it warm up, especially, um, and I think it's 8.9. I was drinking it at their first anniversary. And then they also <laughs> might have made a version with some shiitake mushrooms I grew. Shiitake, so that's what little, I call it. <laughs> yeah. It didn't stick. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't have my rim shot. So. <laughs> uh, cat. <laughs> oh, man. This is, this is tough. I, I would have to say probably favorite beer would be Opera Cream by Blank Slate. Oh, another good one. Another I drank a one. lot of that this year, and I was really happy to do that. Yeah. And the variants. Good. Um, as for one that's not hoppy. Um, hoppy beer... Man. There's so many good ones. Um, Psychopathy, probably, Matry. There you go. Yeah, they're good. Um, That's enough. Kind of a, yeah. Monica? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely a hop head, so uh, the hop, the hobby beer of my, my personal favorite is definitely Citra High. That's that's mine. Uh, yeah. Possibly, you, and, you and about 50,000 other people. I know, you I know. know. <laughs> well, it's so good. There's a reason. Um, yeah. I will say though, there's a there's a beer called Mosaic Promise um, that that is that is overtaking maybe Citra High. I, I I was converted to Mosaic by a friend of mine by the name of Hamish, and uh, 
he definitely did a very good job and he brought over several mosaic beers and, and I was like, okay, all right, I can I can I can do that and mosaic promise I it's it's exquisite. Um, as far as a multi beer, I, I have and to where, go. And with, where's that one from? Uh, that is it's ex- it's escaping me. Is it? It's Founders. Yeah, founders, it's Founders. Yeah. Okay. Um, and as far as a non hoppy, I'm gonna have to go with Cat on the Opera Cream. Opera Cream on Nitro. There is nothing that competes. Nothing. Jane. Okay, I'm going to just um, censor myself just a little bit because there's just so many good beers out there in Cincinnati. We're really blessed with such a wide range of styles and breweries. But Marty's Hamilton Avenue IPA from Fibonacci has a special place in my heart because Marty and Bob and I sat down and picked out the hops. It was brewed for our six-year anniversary last winter, and it was six hops for six years. And it is so delicious. I, and I'm not a hop head, so that's an IPA I will drink because it tastes delicious. Um, and Urban Artifact um, has really taught me to love sours, and their fin for me is kind of a go-to anytime I want something refreshing with some tartness. I, I have to go with that one. Excellent. Excellent. Casey? I'm trying to roll through my untapped applications <laughs> trying to figure out what it is I like because, like I said before, I'm not from around here. And I'm just amazed by how much the city has to offer, whether it's in the northern Kentucky area or the Cincinnati area. And um, right now, I'm drinking Psychopathy by Mad Tree, um, which is absolutely delicious in my personal opinion. It has the right amount of hops. And, um, but um, if I really had to choose, I fell in love with death a couple of nights ago over at Rivertown. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but one of the things I really look forward to as far as uh, another beer that comes out is uh, Mad Tree's Lemon Basil. And I yeah, every time like I that, talk yeah. to my family members out in North Carolina, I'm like, guys, there is a beer that tastes just like pizza. And you need to try this. <laughs> like, so that's, yeah, that's it. But otherwise, I think everybody's got something going for them. And Lindsay, I can't wait. nothing Rivertown. This is so tough. Um, And I know this is totally like a little bit, but I'm just going to say it. So it really depends on what mood I'm in. But what I can say very confidently is that there is a beer, at least one beer at every single Cincinnati brewery that I've absolutely fallen in love with. And what I think is really unique about our city is that there's nobody doing anything that like sucks. Like everybody's doing really solid stuff. Everybody's doing really different stuff with different approaches. And I feel very, very fortunate that no matter what brewery that we happen upon in a day, that there's something there that's going to be absolutely great. But in terms of specifics, it just kind of depends what mood I'm in. Chris, you have to, you have to be political too. <laughs> well, uh, there's uh, the political. Um, we all have our favorites. I, I think we have, uh, tremendous breweries here in Cincinnati. Um, you know, that's one of the things I know people talk about Portland or Asheville, North Carolina. Well, now nationally, Cincinnati is starting to get mentioned in those conversations. Uh, you know, Grand Rapids, Michigan. We've got some amazing breweries here. Um, you know, I've got favorites from many different breweries. One which I think is a style that's underappreciated um, uh, Ryan Geis, their uncle, which is an English mild. It's very oh, subtle, yeah. easy drinking, very complex. They do a great job with that. 
And again, this is a personal opinion, not since I have beer weeks. Uh, <laughs> this is Chris Ansamento's personal opinion. Um, you know, Urban Artifact, I think they're doing some amazing beers. I was really taken with some of their Christmas beers that they did this year. Oh, they the actually Christmas did pickle. many different Christmas beers. <laughs> Tannenbaum, it's a Spruce Trips, Bourbon Barrel Age. That was pretty tasty. Um, you know, I could go down the list. Mantry. Yeah, it's easy Rivertown. to go down the list. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there's some, some wonderful beers. The whole thing is to get out there and, and try something new and experience it for yourself. Because, you know, there are many well-made beers here, but taste is somewhat subjective. So what one person likes may not be another person's cup of tea. doesn't mean it's a bad beer. You should get out there and explore them yourself. Certainly. Uh, are you going to ask me? Again? I, I'm going to tell this. you guys, I, I, I've got about four or five that are really on the top of my list. Oh. I, love, I love Penny's Pills. I, I, Pilsner's totally unappreciated to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Penny's Pills. <laughs> I was just threatening to pour beer all over his laptop. Well, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. I, I've spills and well, drops. I'll so. definitely, I'll definitely throw another Rivertown uh, beer out there. Divergent this time of year is freaking delicious. Nice. Uh, you know what? I had a nice uh, darkness just opened yesterday, and unfortunately, because of a. Uh, darkness over in Bellevue and unfortunately because of a, a, a kind of a tax situation for them they had to dump a, a batch of beer because no. yes because they told me because the revenue said look you rather than be in maybe in trouble I don't know they if they wanted to, to talk yeah. about that out loud well, I, I don't know but that's all right he mentioned it to me he knows that I might mention it on the air but but I had a nice melons he poured it by mistake and I had a nice melons over there. They got they're they're tapping nice melons right now, and um, I love that. Got a shout I out mean, to Municipal too. Um, just you, opened their doors, and that yeah, Municipal that blonde, just opened their doors. Oh. Uh, I was more of a fan of the red uh, the red pale ale or the right uh, the, the right pale, pale ale, but uh, I'd had that before. I'd had that when when Sean Willingham home brewed it and brought it over to a bunch of us over at Mount Carmel one night. Um, but yes, absolutely. I mean, I could sit down and go down a, a list of five or six that I just absolutely love that I'll go to every time. You know, stuff from Taft's, stuff from Mount Carmel, of course, uh, my kind of our home brewery, uh, and so forth and so on. So, uh, listen, now we're going to take another short break, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craig. <laughs> Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast. And be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. Hey, 
once again, we are here live uh, on location at uh, Incline Public House in the Incline neighborhood here on the west side of Cincinnati. Uh, once again, we would like to thank our server, John, and Flo Carver, our hostess here at uh, Incline Public House. We'd certainly, like to, uh, we'd certainly like to thank her and really appreciate uh, them letting us set up the uh, show here uh, on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. And once again, we'd like to thank Chris Nascimento, who helped us pull together our guests uh, from his uh, very wide and he extensive He worked his knowledge. butt off to put the show he, together. He did. He, he, he worked his butt off to put the show together. All, all in the interest of Cincinnati Beer Week 2016. Everybody. Next time he's going to run sound for us. Yeah. <laughs> Every How many beer, beers will I have before uh, I try it out? Uh, yeah. Everybody needs to get out and participate in at least one Cincinnati Beer Week event. You can go to the website once again, which is Cincinnati Beer Week. Dot com, right? Yep. CincinnatiBeerWeek.com. That's correct. So you've got participants uh, signing up. We have, the events are just now rolling in, so you're going to see a lot more as we get even closer to the week, which, uh, again, begins on June 19th, ends on June 25th. There are going to be many, many great events. Come to the website, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We're going to see a lot of stuff coming out about all the great events happening here in Cincinnati related to beer. And then, of course, those of you listening to the podcast, which is going to come up on, uh, which has come up today, uh, June 22nd, Wednesday, uh, we'll be in the midst of it uh, even at that point. And uh, there will already have been some events, but you can also uh, go through uh, Sunday, right? It's through the Sunday. uh, Correct. Uh, It uh, begins on a Sunday on the 19th and goes through to Saturday on the 25th. So fifth year, five collaboration beers. Try them all. Women in, women in craft beer, women in Cincy craft. Last words, we're going to let all of our ladies uh, throw out a last, uh, uh, a last comment. Kim, Ed, Kim Eddie. Um, all I can say is that if you haven't, if you think you don't like beer, give it a try. Because as we've been talking about, there's so many great breweries here in Cincinnati. There's so many different styles. You're going to find something that you like that is going to change your mind about beer. So just be adventurous and try it. Betty Bullis from Fibonacci. So I work in our tap room often. And, um, you know, I think women in craft beer, women loving craft beer is something that continues to grow all the time. And, you know, I remember a couple weeks ago sitting there and my entire bar rail was filled with only women who were all drinking craft beer drinking our beer Sweet. and there was something really amazing about that uh cat finn from uh, girls pine out well i'm like i don't know I'm, i have a lot of things going through my mind right now um i would say um i would say that the women that are not they're trying to experience craft beer for the first time just to try it experiment um you know, sit down at the bar, sit down at the brewery and talk to the people who are making this beautiful art. And, um, you know, if if it's still intimidating, um, there's a group of women in Cincinnati that get together on a regular basis that'll help you through it and uh, be your support group. <laughs> Craft beer needs a support group. I don't know uh, who that group would be, though. <laughs> um, Could it be Girls Pine Out? <laughs> yeah, oh, Girls Pine Out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Monica Bowles from People Pints and Purpose. Um, I, I would like to plug Girls Pine Out. Um, she has, Kat herself, has been a, a wonderful resource for me, as has Betty, as has Chris. So many people have been an incredible uh, resource for me. 
in the industry trying to get into craft beer and also um, with, with our group, uh, People Pines Purpose. Um, overall, um, I just, I appreciate good beer. I appreciate good beer and I appreciate people that, um, that treat me as a consumer of good beer. And um, I really hope that continues. Cincinnati has some, some amazing breweries. Uh, and, and like Lindsay said, none of them are really bad. I, I've never been to a brewery and thought, man, that, that, was, I, that was not worth my time here in Cincy. And I can't say that for other places. So I really appreciate that of, out of this scene. So, Jane Hamilton from Marty Hop, Marty's Hops and Vines. Um, I think craft beer is an experience in a common language. If you know that there's a style that you like, like Betty said, she loves Russian Imperial Stouts. I'm right there with you. Love them. And Lindsay, I really want to like death, but I'm the canary in the coal mine for anything hot, and it kills me. Um, But I bet the bass is phenomenal. Um, But I think that just being able to sit down with someone and talk about what styles you like or even what you like to drink in general, it can translate into a beer experience that you're going to gain something from. Casey Coy again from People's Pints, Pints and Purpose. Boy, that's a mouthful, by the way. People Pints Purpose. You get used to it, man. <laughs> Especially if you've had a couple. We also go by P3, if that's helpful. P3. So. No relation to the television show Charmed. BT does. Um, while I, I truly do appreciate this opportunity to be able to get together with all these women today and a, a new gentleman here as well with Cincy Brewcast, I also want to make sure that people know that, you know, this community is not just men and it's not just women it's everyone and it's it's something that we sometimes forget because yes we're creating a, a beverage for people to enjoy on their weekdays or their weekends or when they just want to celebrate a little bit and um when it comes down to it everybody is entitled to their opinion everyone is entitled to their personal experiences and we shouldn't put them down regardless of any of those things. So I really want to thank the ladies who uh, got together here today to really discuss all of that here and remind everybody that, you know, we all like beer. And if you haven't tried it yet, then there are a lot of opportunities for you really to get, you know, get your feet wet and try it a little bit. So, yeah. Lindsay, you get the last word. Lindsay Roper from Rivertown. Awesome. I completely agree with everything that all the women said. Uh, at the table here and it's been an honor to to sit with everyone and have these conversations beer is very simplistic it is and sometimes a handful more but I think beer provides a great opportunity for all of us to get back to basics keep an open mind put down our phones and just connect with each other and get to know each other and know about each other's experiences and and share some great beers together and yeah and just be good people to each other first and foremost so cheers to that absolutely cheers cheers well listen i gotta tell you it's been a real honor it's been a real honor to sit with uh, you wonderful ladies uh it's 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 been an absolute joy uh we've had some uh, technical issues and some uh, logistical issues here at at the Incline Public House. First of all, there's about a 20-mile-an-hour wind that's moving through this canopy here, and it's knocked down some of our equipment. But it has been an absolute joy and an absolute pleasure, and all of you ladies are, are a credit to Cincinnati Craft Beer. And I'll tell you what, I want to do this again. I want to yes, do this yeah. again in, 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 in a year or less say one thing Yeah, Chris Nascimento. Uh, yeah, I've got something I just wanted to mention here out of the group. So not everybody's aware of this, but 
Cincinnati Beer Week, its inception, it was founded in part because of a conversation that Lindsay Roper had with Jay Ashton, what was her idea, along with Jay, that worked to put this together. There, so again, someone who did something wonderful here for Cincinnati, it's a it's absolutely. a whole community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of many. It's just about getting together and having great conversations and then making them come to life together. Absolutely. Well, we're certainly honored and proud to uh, bring everybody this special edition of Cincy Brewcast here on Cincy Beer Week. Again, my thanks to, of course, the Gnarly Gnome. Well, no, thank you. The Gnarly Gnome. Of course, the Chris Nascimento from Cincy Beer Week 2016. Lindsay Roper from Rivertown Brewing. Casey Coy from People, Pints, and Purpose. Uh, Jane Hamilton from Marty Hops, Marty's Hops and Vines. Monica Bowles from People's Pi- People, Pints, and Purpose. Kat Finn from Girls Pine Out. Betty Bolas from Fibonacci Brewing Company. And Kim Eddy, uh, craft beer expert. How about that? <laughs> My name is Mike Sisteros, and we certainly appreciate everybody watching and listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.